G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The Story I always had this big faith in God and knew that I was born on purpose, but I hated myself and I actually like was so envious of the other children, like the girls that walk normally, like I didn't walk normally, I walked on my toes and still do on my toes with my knees bent, so it was very obvious I didn't look like everyone else. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Kylie Smith was born with a rare condition that affected her physical appearance. As a young girl, she remembers thinking to herself, am I the ugliest person to have ever walked the planet? Her low self-image led her into a toxic, dysfunctional relationship where she lost who she was and left her feeling worthless. However, as we'll hear today... God completely turns her life around, and she is now helping other women become overcomers as well. Kylie Smith is having a chat and sharing her story with Eric Scatterbo. Welcome to the program, Kylie Smith. It's great to be here with you, Eric. Glad to have you with us, and you're coming to us not far from the beach, is that right? Right on the sunny central coast, New South Wales. All right. Well, that sounds fantastic. Well, let's talk about your life story. Where were you born and raised? I was actually born and raised on the Central Coast, a great part of the earth, and my dad's actually lived here most of his life, and yeah, it's a great place to grow up and live, and I still live here now. Okay. Now, we heard that when you were born, you were born with a rare condition. Could you tell us about that? Sure. So, when I was born... I was born with a rare condition and my eyes were webbed closed with a big hole in my face and my heel was joined up to the back of my upper thigh. So the doctors had never seen anything like this before and they Mm. said to my parents, your daughter's not going to live the day, then the week and then she'll never walk and they continued to give them not very much hope. Yeah. So, as you can see, none of that happened, thank the Lord. Amen. Yes. So, what was your childhood like? Yeah, I was always a happy child. I always had this big faith in God and knew that I was born on purpose and that he had a plan bigger than myself. I Mm. always knew that, but I hated myself and although I didn't have words around that and could articulate that at the time I actually like was so envious of the other children like the girls that walk normally like I didn't walk normally I Mm -hmm. walked on my toes and still do on my Mm -hmm. toes with my knees bent so it was very obvious I didn't look like everyone else my exterior was very unique Mm -hmm. so obviously walking and talking a little different You know, you got constant stares, Mm. very bullied at school. Yeah, tell us about that. You were bullied by your classmates? 
Yeah, so um, primary school was really, really hard. Like, I love the social aspect of school, but, um, yeah, bullying was quite intense. I remember going home, there was a park between the school and my home, and these boys in my class used to wait in the park for me to come through, and they would... Um, sort of surround me and kick me and punch mm. me and kick my legs and things like that, which oh, was painful. But more yeah. than that, it actually hurt my soul. Like, oh, there yeah. was never a surgery to fix my broken soul. So, mm. yeah, it was tough, if I'm honest. Yeah. And I understand that that kind of came back to you years later in your life. That experience. That's right. Yeah, it's funny trauma, like our, our brains hold trauma. Mm -hmm. And I'd had a lot of prayer ministry and healing for different things in my life over the years. But, you know, they always say it's layers. And mm -hmm. I was actually on a cruise for my 40th birthday with some of my friends. Mm -hmm. And um, we're in the lounge area with a guy playing the guitar and serenading us all. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And one of my friends went up and thought that because it was my birthday, which was a lovely gesture, mm -hmm. they asked him to sing, you know, the James Blunt song, You're Beautiful. Yep. So they did that. And then knowing what I'm like, they started to get their chairs and sort of close me in. And now I hadn't thought of that incident in the park for many, many years, but from them closing me in, I actually went into this, um, I don't know if you'd call it a panic, but like I freaked right out and I was trying yeah. to get out and I actually pinched my friend's leg so hard, like I cut a bit out of her skin and oh I ran goodness. off and yeah. I was so shocked at my response. I was like, what has happened there? And, yeah, really I'm quite reflective and asked myself what was going on. And when I realized it was actually a trigger mm. from back then, yeah. I sort of came up with this um, solution that if ever I was triggered again, I actually say this little saying to myself. So it's the acronym SES. So if ever I feel triggered, I say I am safe I am enough, I am secure, mm. and that sort of brings me back down to baseline. Yeah, I'm just trying to put myself in your friend's position. They're thinking, okay, this oh. is a wonderful thing. It's her oh, birthday. No. We're going to celebrate. We'll all gather around you and sing how right. beautiful you are. But yet yes. because of that trauma from your childhood, it triggered a bad experience and sent you into a right. panic attack kind of. Yes, that's right. Their intentions were all good and they were as surprised as I was at my response. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that's an important lesson for all of us that, you know, sometimes you're going to get reactions that are like, whoa, what happened there? How, you know, because it just doesn't follow. Right. But you don't that's know right. what somebody's gone through in their childhood. Right. Yep. We only ever see what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. We don't know person's story and everyone that we face, like every person has a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously that bullying that you experienced really, really touched you and hurt you deeply more than you even knew. That's right. It actually affected how I saw myself and that self-loathing actually affected like 
we live out of what we believe and it affected what I believed. Like I had that personal truth, which in fact was a lie, but my personal truth was I was the ugliest person to ever walk the planet. Like Mm. that is a lie, but it was my truth. And sometimes due to trauma or our past or labels being put on us, we have these personal truths that it doesn't matter. Like I remember my parents, I have loving Christian parents, and the old ladies at church would always say, you're so beautiful, but that just washed off because my belief system and my personal truth was so contrary to that. Yeah. And then later in your life, you entered into a toxic relationship. Can you tell us about that? That's right. So I didn't realize my value and worth. I entered a toxic relationship and I didn't love myself. So how could I expect someone else to love me? I grew up in a family where my dad loved my mom and a very healthy, functional relationship. And I longed for someone to love me like that. Mm -hmm. So any love is better than no love, I thought at the time. So I remember my loved ones saying that I actually was like a shell of the person that I used to be and I was lifeless. And, you know, when you're in a situation, you often don't realize at the time how bad it is. And it wasn't till I came out of that that I remember this defining moment and I was sitting in the car and the sun was shining on my face and I remember thinking and asking myself a question and God was very much in in this moment with me and mm-hmm. I remember asking myself, am I going to use the trauma from my past as a stumbling block to hold me back? Because I could have had an excuse to allow that mm-hmm. and that would yeah. have been actually accepted. Or am I going to use this as a stepping stone to propel me to my future? And that right there at my lowest point was, it changed my life forever actually. You're listening to The Story. Today, Kylie Smith is sharing about growing up with a low self-image and battling feelings of worthlessness. But as we just heard, God met her at her lowest point where she makes a pivotal decision. We'll hear how the Lord completely changes the direction of Kylie's life when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Kylie Smith, who's the author of the book Overcomer, Crowned in Freedom. Before the break, we heard how Kylie battled with a low self-image, and then finally, at a pivotal moment, God helps her make a decision that turns her life around. Next, we'll find out the amazing way her life transforms. And what was your relationship with God at this point? I was always have always had a relationship with God. And so right then at my lowest moment, well, I was talking to him at the time in the car. Yeah. 
but my life had no hope. So I always knew I was loved by God, Mm -hmm. but at this lowest point, I thought, where do I go from here? The rest of my life is hopeless Mm -hmm. until I had this encounter and this, um, some would call it epiphany or like Mm -hmm. a Holy Spirit moment of asking myself that and it just like something clicked and I was like, right no more. And I went on a journey of discovering my worth, my value and rebuilding my life. I am so different now. Like that Mm. is 20 years ago. Yeah. And now I would never have imagined sitting in that car that I'd be where I am today. And what helped you turn the corner as far as thinking differently about yourself? So I saw professionals like I went and had counseling I went and had prayer ministry like Mm -hmm. something that I have learned is we're made up of three parts and I remember Holy Spirit giving me this revelation around 15 years ago about my spirit was always you know we think body soul and spirit and my spirit was my strong part or you know so I thought and that was okay but I learned during this journey that we need to have a healthy body, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. So my soul was very broken. So I went and I sought help from professionals in all of those areas. So obviously if one of those is damaged, it actually affects the other one. Mm -hmm. So having a strong spirit is awesome, but if it's at the detriment and your soul's broken, there's help out there that we can seek. Like Mm -hmm. I believe God gives psychologists and counsellors wisdom, whether they know God or not, that wisdom comes from him. Mm -hmm. And there's so many specialists. I saw prayer counsellors. It was quite intense and it did take time, like it didn't happen overnight. And actually I didn't notice this massive, okay, I'm here one day until... I actually moved away for a time and when I came back, it was then that God said, do you remember how you came out here? Like you had no hope and look how you're going home. And Mm. I was a leader in my church at that time. I was um, running women's groups, helping women know their identity in Christ. And it wasn't until sort of Holy Spirit pointed that out, do you see the change that you're leaving so different to how you came here mm-hmm. that it was really a, a moment that I realized. So you had to replace your old belief system, that old belief system that mm-hmm. had you feeling very low about yourself. Were there Correct. any Bible verses that helped you on your journey? Definitely. I had to replace that personal truth, if I can just say, with the truth. So something that I did for myself and I've used with countless women is whatever that truth is, and often the truth is I am not enough, I get that. That, That's how you felt about yourself? I'm just not enough? Yes, I am not enough. That's the lie that you believed? And like I'm worthless. Like I have no worth or value. So I wrote up in lipstick and I get the girls to do this that I work with to write up the truth because, you know, even if it's a personal truth, often it may be a lie. If it's holding you back, you'll know that yourself. Like hopefully the Lord will give you that revelation even hearing this today that 
if there's something holding you back, just sit with him and ask him if there's a personal truth that you're believing. And so I get the girls and I wrote up on my mirror, I am enough and I am a woman of worth. And I would speak that out every day until it changed my life. Now, research shows now that we can rewire our brain by doing a habit every day for 63 days. So mm. I didn't know this 20 years ago, yeah. but I did that until it changed the way I thought. I just didn't know the research back then. Yeah. And I've seen that transform so many lives. So my new truth was I am enough and I'm a woman of worth. So the scriptures that were really important to me were Psalm 139, you know, that beautiful mm -hmm. scripture yeah. about you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew that God made me for purpose and, as I shared, for something bigger than myself, but I thought he made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that scripture every day and letting it soak over me and, again, listening to his truth about me. And that changed my life too. There's many scriptures, but that's yeah, probably yeah. the key scripture. And his truth is powerful because it's the truth. Mm, that's right. Well, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. then eventually God called you into ministry. Is that right? Right. And um, <laughs> I didn't ever think I would work in a church. My mum worked in a church for many years, and I thought, no, I don't ever want to work in a church. So, What didn't you like about it? Um, I didn't like the politics of things that I saw. Like, I've always had a heart for justice and a mm. heart for people that others would judge. Yeah. Well, obviously, from your background, you are compassionate and empathetic toward people who've been right. treated wrong. Right. But, but the Lord yes. has called you to go into That's the church right. that you didn't want to go into. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, um, yes, I have been in our church and on team for um, 10 years, mm -hmm. and I have two roles. So, I do pastoral care and I also am an online campus pastor. But helping women, again, in the mm -hmm. pastoral care mm -hmm. role is I do all this sort of thing. I get to work with women and help them to discover who they are, help them to get their identity in Christ. And then I also do a consulting business where I get to do that with all walks of life. So I get to do what I love and get paid for it. That's amazing. So I mean, if somebody's listening today, they're thinking, oh, this is nice that somebody who had a low self-image, a low self-worth, you know, went from that to believing God's word and knowing that she's a priceless child of God. I mean, that mm. in itself is wonderful. But now you've gone to the next step. Right. That you're imparting that wisdom to other people. Do you have a favorite story to share with us about your new role in helping others? Yes, I have seen many people's lives changed and one lady this is actually in my book and it overwhelms me just thinking about it I remember taking her to church many many years ago and she had children that had been taken off her due to she was not in a fit way to look after them mm. she was addicted to things she was involved in things that she didn't value her worth and her body at the time and I used to take her to church and 
she would walk in and she'd say, Kylie, I feel so worthless that I'm not as good enough as everyone else. And I used to look at her and I'd say, honey, you know what? You are so worthy to be here. And, Mm. you know, we can walk into a church and think that everyone's got it together, Mm -hmm. but everyone's got a story and there's something Mm. that they're struggling with and having to overcome as well. You so deserve to be here. Anyway, fast forward 15 years after that, I went and visited her because I'd left the area and I knocked on the door and she was so, actually had got onto ice and she was like unrecognisable and Mm. the friend I went and saw her with, she had seen her downhill trek I guess and Mm. I hadn't Mm. so I burst into tears and I remember I used to pray for her often anyway let's fast forward to the good news about five years after that she Mm. is drug free this woman is a woman of God who is helping women in her community like transformational and that's what makes my heart so happy and I've seen Mm -hmm. story after story and that woman is such a good friend of mine she's beautiful and she shines it's so beautiful wow fantastic now I'm wondering if when you talk to people and you consult with ladies and you're a coach right is that correct right yes I do life coaching and Mm -hmm. mentoring yes now If they're wondering, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but they look at you and everything you've overcome, uh, I'm wondering if you're uniquely qualified and they also know physically that you still struggle walking to this day. I'm wondering if that really helps them say, hey, you know, if she can do it, I can do this. I mean, you think that goes on? Definitely, yes. I think that there's doubts and fears and things, like I said, that hold us back, like limiting beliefs and things from our past, but what I know to be true is like Jeremiah 29 that we all are called for a purpose and Mm -hmm. that his plans for us are great and he has actually given us everything that we need Mm. like we don't need to wait to get to heaven to walk in freedom it's already ours Mm. and I just help people discover those tools that they already have but they just don't realize that sometimes Mm -hmm. so it's breaking it down it's helping them to find first who they are and who Mm. they are in Christ secondly to find out what's holding them back and then giving them tools on how to move forward Mm -hmm. well It's been fantastic hearing your story and how far the Lord has taken you. I mean, you thought that you were the ugliest person on the world. You obviously don't think that anymore. And now you're imparting your joy to other people. Uh, As we end today's conversation, what would you like people listening today to most know? I mean, if someone's listening today and maybe they're thinking they're the ugliest person, they're, they're where you were, what would you tell them today? I would say that if there's any beliefs or personal truths that are holding you back to really sit and if you know God to sit in that moment and ask for his truth and again like go deep into those beliefs what am I believing about myself what is holding me back from living my best life from walking in freedom in all areas of my life And I would seek professional help if that's where you need. Mm -hmm. Seek reputable 
good prayer counsellors, have a good community around you. That would be my suggestion. There's always hope, mm -hmm. always hope, and be intentional who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And, of course, being grateful is very important as well. Definitely. Yes, gratefulness is very important. Well, Kylie Smith, thank you so much for sharing your inspiring story with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Eric. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Kylie Smith, who's the author of the book Overcomer, Crowned in Freedom. To learn more about Kylie and her book, you can go to her website, libertylifeconsulting.com.au. That's libertylifeconsulting.com.au. I like what it says on the back of her book where it says, Kylie has worked with women for 20 years and is passionate about helping people move forward in spite of their past. She loves seeing people walk in the fullness of all they are created to be and not letting anything or anyone, including themselves, hold them back. Well, I think that pretty much sums up what Kylie's all about. And it's amazing when you think about how far she's come. She's gone from thinking that she was possibly the ugliest person on the planet to now knowing that God thinks she's priceless. As it says in the Bible, Lord, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Well, how about you? Do you struggle with feelings of worthlessness like Kylie did and think there's no way that God could possibly love you? We'd love to pray with you about this and share with you the wonderful news that you were created in God's image and are priceless. Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's one 800 772 936 And we would love to pray and chat with you on that number, one 800 772 936. Well, thanks for joining us for Kylie's incredible story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I was a young married mother and young children and also a brand new Christian at that time as well. Um, so, you know, I wanted to be this good Christian daughter and do everything right and be there as much as I can for my mum. But we would have, oh, the emergency departments, the police departments, they would ring us up at night and say, we've got your mother here, come and get her. So um, this happened frequently throughout this young part of my life. Ruth Price had a happy childhood growing up in New Zealand that was until she turned six when her mother had a breakdown. This was the beginning of her long journey of growing up with a parent struggling with a mental illness. We'll find out how God helps Ruth overcome these unique challenges next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.